Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But we've got to get straight to Adam Kwasnick. Last night, Mariners 1-1 against the Wellington Phoenix. But if you've missed the news, massive, absolutely massive mayhem at the end of the game. In total, three red cards, including for Nick Montgomery. Adam Kwasnick, good morning. Could you believe what you were seeing in that second half last night? Yeah, good morning, guys. Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, I can't believe what we've been seeing because it's been happening quite you know, frequently now across the league over the last few weeks. These, uh, the, the, the match officials giving out you know, red cards um, at will, so to speak, and it's... Uh, it's somewhat ruining a contest. Last night's game, that wasn't the case. But uh, towards the end there, with even coach Nick Montgomery getting sent, sent off, it got a little bit ridiculous. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, they, they conceded very late on the Central Coast Mariners. Um, fantastic game, but a one-all draw. And I think it was a fair result in the end. Yeah, it was close to being one of the Mariners' bravest performances. After Caltech got sent off, in many ways, we created more than the Phoenix did. And then they snatched one... In deep in stoppage time in the 94th minute. But let's talk about the controversial moments and then we'll talk about some of the great moments. So, first of all, Kaltak, it looks like he wins the ball, but his, his boot follows through and he clips the ankle. How did you see it and did you feel like it was a red card? Well, I definitely didn't feel it was a red card, you know, a yellow at best. Uh, you know, they, people saying that, you know, the ball is irrelevant, but. For me, when he does make contact with the ball and then, you know, he's, he's, uh, his foot goes above the ball after making contact with it and then collects, you know, the, the shin of the, the Wellington player, uh, for me, that's nothing more than a, a yellow card. So the ball, to me, is irrelevant. He got that first. And then, unfortunately, with the momentum, it sort of carried through. Would I call it reckless? Not necessarily. I think it's just... The way he went into it, um, he went in to win the ball, and unfortunately, you know, the ball took him, took him well past it or, or above the ball. So, Maresh gets a red card. That's push and shove, and I think he touches the face, and everyone agrees that should have been a red card. Let's talk about some of the great moments. So, the Mariners dominate the stats, even though they were down to 10 men. There's a young player that scores in the 12th minute, James McGarry. Now, has he got the trifecta? He's a young Kiwi, played for the Phoenix, went to the Jets, now at the Mariners, and I think he scored for both of those clubs against his former club. Yeah, he did. And I think, you know, it, it, it's a credit not only to him, you know, but the way that Nick Montgomery sets his team up, you know, both fullbacks were involved for that goal. Uh, Storm Rue on the right-hand side and obviously McGarry on the left-hand side that was on the, the end of a Storm Rue cross and it was a, you know, it was a clever little finish and... Um, you know, unfortunately for Wellington Phoenix, they let him go. And um, the two clubs that he's been a part of since, he's, you know, he scored for him uh, against the Wellington Phoenix. So, you know, fantastic game for him, as well as Storm Roo. I thought they were really influential in the game. And, um, 
yeah, onwards and upwards for the Mariners. There's a bit of a lull in their season at this point of time, Steve. I think they really need to get back to winning ways and consistent winning ways over the next couple of weeks to to make a, a fight for that top four position. One all last night against the Phoenix. A lot of controversy, a lot of drama at the end. But Gary, you got the next question for a Mariners legend. Yeah, great quasi, mate. So you mentioned earlier on about the Mariners getting their season back on track. They've had one win of their last six games. What do you think they need to do to get back on track? Yeah, it's a good question, mate. I, um, I, I can't see, you know, the others sort of picking up the pace, the other clubs picking up the pace. But from the Mariners, they need to maintain staying in that top four. And I guess a way to do it is sort of tighten up ship defensively. I thought there were periods, well, there was a period in yesterday's game where they're 1-0 up. Um, they're down to 10 men. I'm almost, if I'm Nick Montgomery... I'm almost saying, OK, let's let's keep it at 1-0 and let's shut up shop. But when they got the ball and they were ten men, uh, down to 10 men, they still wanted to attack. They still wanted to go and, and score the second goal and, and put it to bed completely. I just feel in games, um, you know, the players can sort of dictate tempo a little bit better. And I think they need to tighten up the ship defensively. I think if they can do that, um, look, they're in second spot. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, at the top there, I don't think the other teams will sort of catch them, but they need to, to pick up some consistent results to, to stay in that top two, that top four position. Yeah, you mentioned about the defence. I noticed that, that they haven't had a clean sheet since uh, since the 5th of November against the Wanderers, who they play on uh, on Saturday night. So that'll definitely be a, um, a... definitely is a concern. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, Brian Caltech missing again, I think that's going to be a big blow. They've got depth there. I was, I was really impressed with Jacob Farrell last night in that centre of defence role on the left-hand side. Uh, I had the pleasure of working with Jacob uh, up at the sports college at Carryong, And, you know, we put him there a few times and he looks so comfortable. But at the highest level yesterday, last night, um, you know, he, he really uh, looked good there. And I, I think you could see him there uh, for the remainder of this season. Yeah, and... I think it was Danny Vukovic post-match, and he gave Jacob the highest compliment. He said he may have really found his position and could follow in the footsteps of Kai Rolls, who's now playing in Scotland, but also has played at the World Cup. Yeah, look, he's you know he's got that ability, Jacob, and um, you know for Danny to to speak very very highly of him. Obviously, Danny sees everything from from behind him, and he knows what's going on and. Uh, a big part of that would be his positional play as well. And I think Jacob, early on in that game, he got he got sort of caught wandering into that left fullback role, but um, Danny quickly pulled him back in into the centre of defence. And, um, you know, the game was uh, fantastic. I, I like to see, you know, Storm and, and McGarry continue in those fullback roles, but I think if um, Jacob Farrell can remain there up against a fit, healthy and, and not suspended Brian Caltech, I think, um, you know, that, that, that back four will... Um, now, hopefully keep a few more clean sheets. Hey, Quaz, can I ask you another question about the refereeing? Now, I don't want to have a crack at a young referee. I did notice last night when his graphic came up that it was only, I think he'd done seven games in the A-League and suddenly he's given a mm. top four match. And I even yeah. heard Ollie Sale, Ollie Sale, who had a fantastic game, the goalkeeper for the Wellington Phoenix. He said post-match that he felt... The referee set such a low bar for a yellow card that he almost brought it on himself in the second half. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, it's a fair point from the Wellington goalkeeper, no doubt. 
Look, I don't know what the issue is uh, with referees uh, in terms of um, clientele. So how many full-time referees does the FA uh, have on their books? Um, and then just the consistency around you know, the decision-making and, and the VR, VAR when they're involved, when they're not involved. I think it needs to be more black and white. Um, you know, they, they seem to be really card-happy, and I say red-card-happy, um, at the moment, these referees, I'll go back a couple of weeks, uh, the game against Sydney FC down at uh, Allianz. Like, if you give that a yellow card, I have no dramas with that. But the fact you gave it a straight red card, and even last night a straight red card, you can't review it at this point of time. I think maybe that rule needs to change, or maybe the referees uh, you know, need to pull up stumps a little bit and, and review their decision-making. Uh, obviously, on the run, it's at a fast pace but maybe just have a thought about it before sticking up that red card. It is interesting. I had a look at social media afterwards, and obviously Mariners fans are ropeable with what unfolded, but I saw some kind of neutral fans who thought the referee did a great job. Uh, I'm sure mm. you might not agree with that, Quaz, but I'm just passing on some comments that I saw on social media. Yeah, look, overall, uh, Steve, I thought the game was, you know, it was well um, officiated. I've got no dramas with that. But those big decisions, those send-offs, they affect games. Um, they've affected the Mariners quite frequently this season. I go back two weeks ago to the Sydney game. Um, I think Wellington were on the end of a couple of harsh decisions when they played a home game, um, you know, a couple of months back against Adelaide. But these decisions, they, they, they can, you know... Um, definitely affect the outcome of, of, of a club or a team coming in the top four, the top six, or missing finals altogether. I just think referees, if you're a, a full-time professional, you need to be better at your craft. And um, unfortunately, there's no accountability there at this point of time. And uh, hopefully they can get their act together for the rest of this season and beyond. We're talking to Mariners legend Adam Kwasnick. And Kwas, one of the big football stories of the week. And I'm sure you probably got up to watch this. Liverpool against Real Madrid in the UEFA Champions League. So Liverpool lead 2-0 and then suddenly they go down 5-2 at Anfield. What were your thoughts? I mean, just an incredible comeback. Well, I mean, what a game. So they're level 2 all within the first half and then three second-half mm. goals. Yeah, it was an incredible game. And, uh, you know, I have to say, you know, for, for Liverpool fans, I, I think it could be the end of an era. I think... Uh, I think Jurgen Klopp really has to change uh, part of his philosophy moving forward because he's he's definitely burnt out his players in the sense of playing at such a high tempo game after game week after week and uh, it's just not sustainable anymore. He's you know he's he's got um, a lot of good players on the books, but you can you know you can tell just by results alone that they're tired um, to blow a two 0 lead um, at home at Anfield. Um, and then cop five at the back end of it was, uh, you know, really, really disappointing. I think that game and probably the Napoli game um, are the only two games sort of out of reach for the for the opposition teams. Every other game in the round of 16 still in the balance. But, uh, yeah, disappointing times for Liverpool. Yeah, and some of the second-half goals, like, they're set up defensively, but I'd like to get your expertise on this. Liverpool are almost mm. like statues. So the first one's from a corner. Second one is just some mm. beautiful interchange of passing just outside and then inside the box. And you're thinking, no one moves except someone from Real Madrid. 
Yeah, well, I mentioned that high-tempo approach that Jurgen Klopp wants his players to play, and I just think, you know, they're, they're, they're not reaching the heights that they did a few years ago, and I put that down to it's, it's just not sustainable. Um, you know, he's brought in a few new uh, players and a few, few younger players, but uh, the players that he's got on his books, or should I say the majority of players that he's got on his books, they just can't sustain that style of play. And, um, you know, teams are picking him off, whether they're at set pieces, um, or whether it's at the back end of games. And unfortunately uh, for Liverpool, their season's gone from bad to worse. And um, I'm sure Jurgen Klopp will, will think otherwise. Um, but, you know, they, they really need a, a bit of a change, I think, in terms of personnel moving forward and, and, and potentially a change of system as well. So our team remain in second place. The Central Coast Mariners playing a great brand of football but had to settle for a one-all draw last night. We remain second on the table on 28 points. Quaz, what else are you looking forward to in the A-League men across the weekend? Yeah, look, for me, obviously, the Melbourne City v Sydney FC game, I think that's going to be a cracker at 5 o'clock this afternoon. Sydney, Sydney FC, a bit of a, a resurgence for their season, unbeaten in, in four games. Um, I'm really looking forward to that game. And um, I'm fortunate enough tonight to call the Western Sydney Wanderers v MacArthur game. And I think, you know, Western Sydney, they can, you know, really push for second spot if they're to get a win tonight in front of their home fans. So I'm really looking forward to those two games. And the other game, Newcastle v Western United, well, it pains me to say it, Newcastle are the form team of this competition. They're unbeaten <laughs> in their last five. Um, and they're really looking, you know, to sustain that by, by getting three points against Western United at home uh, this afternoon. Again, another 5pm kickoff. Yeah, I know it pains you to say it. Hey, uh, and they're our next opponent, by the way, is uh, Western Sydney. The Wanderer is our next opponent. Uh, and I believe, Quaz, we can't say too much this morning, but I know the Mariners, I bumped into Sean Millicamp, the CEO, we're very close to naming the women's coach for our inaugural women's campaign. Yeah, fantastic and exciting times for, you know, the Central Coast Mariners and, and, and women's football on, on the Central Coast. I, I hope they can put this together, the club, and, and, and really, you know, make the most of it, not not take any shortcuts, uh, just really do things properly. And, you know, we all know that the women's game's just, you know, exploding at this point of time. And I think a club like the Central Coast Mariners can, you know, really be a part of it and make the most of it if they do it right. And, um Let's hope that Sean and, and, and his um, staff that he's got there, his admin staff, can make the right appointment. And from there, we can have a bit of success on and off the pitch for the Central Coast Mariners W League team. Yeah, sounds great. Quaz, thank you so much for your time this morning. Sorry to push you back on the show, but we had an America's Cup legend join us from 1983. Take care, mate. We'll catch you soon. Thanks, Steve. Cheers, guys. See ya.